0: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa.
1: Welcome to Big News Sports featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality, and Christian Miller. A national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers is Lars, Matt, and Christian.
2: Welcome to Big News Sports. This is Lars Anderson, Christian Miller. Matt Coulter is taking the day off. So I will be driving the ship, steering the ship. How's everybody doing today? Um, it's a big day in terms of the NFL, especially really tomorrow's the big day. I mean, NFL fans get so geeked out over the schedule release. And that's going to happen tomorrow at uh, Thursday. Uh, at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, so 7 local time. And you figure that the New York Jets will be very prominent in uh, drawing primetime games because of the addition of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but today, uh, we found out this morning that uh, the New York Jets, led by said Aaron Rodgers, they will play in the NFL's first-ever game on Black Friday. Yes, the day after Thanksgiving. Um, and it's going to be played at MetLife Stadium on November 24th uh, with a 2 p.m. Central kick. Amazon has the rights to that game and uh, they are going to provide free access for all fans, uh, and it will be streamed exclusively on Prime Video. How many of the older fans will have no idea how to find that? Uh, perhaps yours truly as well. Uh, we also found out a few other holiday games. Um, the Giants are going to be at Philadelphia. That's a great rivalry on Christmas Day. And now a a, a budding rivalry, a very good one. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, my team, they're going to travel to Kansas City on New Year's Eve. So we know three of the games so far. But really the news coming out of this was uh, the fact that the NFL is now going to be taking over Black Friday. And uh, it's just sort of one more date that the league is uh, is trying to conquer. Uh, and they'll do that again with the Jets and the Dolphins. And they have a real story, rivalry. It goes back to 1966. Dolphins uh, have a slight edge in the regular season uh, series, 57, 56, and 1. Um, and, uh, they split with each other last year, uh, with each team winning on its, on its home field. So exciting stuff, uh, coming from the NFL. Uh, we're going to talk some NBA basketball. Uh, we're going to talk some college football. And I was, uh, gone last week when, um, the news broke about Peyton Thorne. Transferring to Auburn, and I just want to talk about that real quick. Um, this is a, a huge get for the Auburn Tigers and for Hugh Freeze. There's this, there's no question about it. Um, he, barring anything uh, dramatic like an injury, he is going to be the starter. There's there's just no no two ways about it. Um, and Hugh Freeze, he has a history of big time success with transfer quarterbacks, right? At Old Miss, remember he had Bo Wallace. Alabama fans will remember this. He had Bo Wallace who beat Alabama. He had Chad Kelly who beat Alabama. Both of them were transfer quarterbacks. And then at Liberty, he had Malik Willis, who he uh, transformed into uh, an NFL player. He's still he's in the league as a backup with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, and he started a few games last year. Um, and now they add Michigan State transfer Peyton Thorne. And uh, yeah, I know this happened Friday, but again, I, I just needed to touch on this quick because I was uh, gone traveling, working on my latest book project, which is uh, consuming a lot of my time right now. But... Um, you know, Freeze said the right thing that he's going to have to compete for the starting job, and blah blah blah. No, he he's going to be the starter, right? Um, you just uh, you just look at Thorne and his resume, right? He was a two-year starter at Michigan State, which is a high-level Power Five school. Um, and it, he really has more experience than those other transfer quarterbacks I mentioned, uh, because Wallace and Kelly at Ole Miss were Juco transfers and they'd never taken a FBS snap before they arrived in Oxford. While Malik Willis, he had, he had attempted only 14 passes in his two years as a backup at Auburn before transferring. But Thorne, uh, he's a good player. He's a good player. He started 26 games over the last three seasons, um, including uh, all 25 in the last two seasons. Uh, He's a leader. He's a two-time team captain. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of fall camp, he's voted a team captain. I mean, they're just some of those guys that exude uh, leadership qualities and, uh, from reporters I've talked to who have covered Thorne, uh, for the last few years, he is one of those people. He's just, uh, some, someone with a, a magnetic personality, articulate, uh, on the field. He, he, he's gutsy. Um, he's, uh, he's accurate. He completed, uh, 61.5% of his passes for nearly 6,000 yards. Um, 46 touchdowns, 21 interceptions in his, in his, uh, time as a starter, uh, back in 2021 led the Spartans to the Rose bowl, um, a Rose bowl victory. They finished 11 and two, uh, last year they, uh, missed out on a bowl, uh, going five and seven, but still, uh, this is a good player. This is a really, really good player. And, uh, and I think, um, he is going to be a game changer for Auburn. Uh, he absolutely, uh, upgrades the quarterback position in a major way. Hey, let's bring in Christian Miller. Christian, I, I know, um, well, we may have just lost Christian Miller. We're having some technical difficulties. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean uh, Hugh Freeze, he just uh, he raved about Thorne's leadership, his experience, his football IQ, um, you know, and he, he's played in a lot of big games. He just he, he just he has a certain it factor to him. Um, and again, I think Auburn very fortunate to land this kid. I had thought that they were going to get uh going hard after Casey Thompson, the uh Quarterback who played at Nebraska last year, who's in the portal, but I really think actually Thorne is a better overall player and a better fit in Hugh Freeze's offense. And this will give um, you know Robbie Ashford uh, pr- presumably it will give him uh, another year to develop. Um, you know the, the the date for transferring or entering the uh, entering the portal has passed so he is uh pretty much stuck (laughs) at auburn um but uh but it'll give him time to develop you know he is still um it's still uh uh he still needs work on his his mechanics you know he completed less than 50 percent of his passes last year it's no secret that he's still a bit of a work in progress excellent athlete but a work in progress okay we're going to get some of the technical uh, difficulties we are having ironed out and we will be right back you're listening to big noon sports
3: From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to
4: provide you with
3: excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education,
4: and excellence in sports injury prevention.
3: We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com.
0: Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon. A few spots could see a shower or storm through the evening hours. The high today, 87. Tonight's low, 66. Or tomorrow and Friday, cloudy at times with scattered showers and thunderstorms both days. Highs between 82 and 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
2: Fake News Sports, Clark Anderson, partners, Christian Miller, former Alabama linebacker who played for the Carolina Panthers. Christian, um, there's some news that's coming out of uh, West Virginia, and uh, you kind of called it. Um, It's about Bob Huggins, and uh, I'm going to climb on top of my high horse here and uh, say that West Virginia just blew it, just messed it up, messed it up big time. To review, Bob Huggins made homophobic remarks on Monday aimed at Xavier's fan base in a a live appearance on a Cincinnati radio station. He went on to insult uh, Catholics and, you know, used foul language and, and again, but it was the homophobic remarks that, that really um, – that I thought was going to get him fired. Um, and I thought really the honorable thing for him to do was to resign. Uh, but what happens? <laughs> the school is going to suspend him for a grand total of – drumroll please – three games. Three games. And – they're reducing his salary by a million bucks. Sounds like a lot of money, but when you have as much money as Bob Huggins, it's a, you know, a drop in the bucket. Uh, Christian, you had said that, um, you know, that, that you didn't necessarily think he was going to get fired. Um, and I believe you were talking about suspension. So I assume you're not totally surprised by what West Virginia uh has a, has reportedly decided to do the 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 official announcement has not come down yet this is uh this is based on uh reporting from uh CBS Sports
5: yeah i wouldn't say i'm too surprised i mean i figured obviously he uh, is going to get some type of punishment uh there'd be some type of action taken uh, but i didn't know if they go as far as firing him and I guess that that's not the direction they're going to go. Um, again, I mean, people make mistakes, but at the same time, you just, you just got to know better, right? You can't go on a public radio and make highly offensive remarks like that. Um, shouldn't Again, you shouldn't do it at at all, but um, the fact that you're a public figure, especially in West Virginia like that, and I uh, felt comfortable enough to do that on public radio was kind of concerning, but... Um, you know, that's the approach that they took. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess, you know, they'll have to, you know, live with some of the backlash that they might get. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, we, we know that sports are important to a lot of people. And, uh, just like they always say, they say, uh, was it, it's uh, like you're a student athlete first, but they always like hold up the, like the number two with your fingers. <laughs> in uh-huh. Sports, you know, they kind of reverse it. I, I wish, you, I can't, can't necessarily do it because I'm on radio, not on the video. But uh, yeah, it's, this is one of those things where I mean, guy with a lot of, a lot of background and credibility. Um, I don't think they were ready to let him go just yet, based off you know that his actions, there's words. Even though I could have seen it going both ways. I mean, in today's climate, I could have seen him being fired. Um, but at the same time, pretty sure West Virginia is a pretty red state, um, so it doesn't necessarily surprise me that you know his. His punishment isn't too grand, but you know, you know. That's, but then he's he's getting something though. I know you don't think a million's off, but I mean, what's this? You said salary though. I mean, so you're saying if, if his salary was two million, is cut in half? If, I'm yeah, I'm just, not sure exactly what his salary is, but it's
2: it will be reduced by a million. Um, but the, well, I'm the, just,
5: the that could be that could be a lot. You know, we just said the the baseball coach here at Alabama his salary was only five hundred thousand, so. I yeah. bas- basketball coach at West Virginia – because what's Nick Saban make? What, is like nine? Nine, Hanson. yeah. Around nine. So that yeah. probably wouldn't put too much of a debt in Coach Saban's pocket. But basketball, I don't know. We'd have to look it up. Joe's quick on that stuff. But I had to guess <laughs> probably a couple or a few million dollars. So, I mean, I think that's a pretty pretty hefty price to pay. I, 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 know, I know you wanted – or not necessarily wanted, but I know you felt he deserved to maybe – Step down or lose lose that title, but I think a million is pretty. That's, that's that's a lot of money, Lars. I mean, it. I, I think he learned his lesson. Hopefully. So for
2: Joe Joe just informed us that he made four point one five last year. So his new salary. Okay. So he, is,
5: he lost about a quarter of
2: it. He lost a quarter of his salary. Yeah, he'll make three point one five this year, which to get a coach of his caliber uh, is is a is a bargain. Uh, at 3.15. Um, you know, there's a, there's no question that he is a very, very good basketball coach. My thing is the double standard. If the athletic director had made these comments, he'd be fired. If the president of the school had made these comments, he'd be forced to resign. Uh, if, uh, you know, the le- the leader of a Fortune 500 company made comments like this, they'd likely lose their job um i i just don't that's understand why I
5: said, <laughs> that's yeah. what i was saying though remember sports are important large especially these universities uh, these big institutions that's what i was saying they all, again i wish i wish i could show you what i'm doing right now but they always do student athlete first and they always hold up the number two and they say athlete second and they hold up the number one uh <laughs> it's, it's a joke but there's some truth to that and grant that's you know that's a joke you know towards like student athletes but hey, that that goes towards these coaches and 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 these other figures that uh, are heavily uh, involved with sports because especially you know you know down south in these areas i mean sports are huge right so and uh, look i'll say this and i'm not i'm not justifying what he said um I don't think he he says i think he used very poor language right he definitely shouldn't use those words um but I will say I think that also has a lot to do with with today's climate there there's I'm not necessarily saying the words he chose to use but I will say even as young as I am there's words that I heard growing up that necessarily probably weren't the best words
1: but oh you heard gosh. them
5: a lot more often than in versus now where some of those words that even kids were saying if if you were to even say anything close to that I mean we're talking about you you could lose your job. And so I don't know necessarily how old he is. And, again, I'm not defending him or saying that what he did wasn't as bad. I'm just saying I I, I always try to – you know me. I think anybody that's listened to me, they know I always try to play devil's advocate or always try to align in the middle or understand both sides. And, you know, from one side I understand, you know, you cannot use highly offensive language and and those derogatory remarks and and think that, you know, nothing's going to come from it. But at the same time I look at a guy who's probably of his generation – uh, he's probably, you know, used to using certain words or saying things, even though you definitely should not. Um, and he's probably, you know, just made a a big mistake and definitely a costly mistake. Um, yeah. Kind of, does that make sense? Cause I'm, like I said, I'm, I mean, I'm a, a lot younger than this coach and I remember growing up, there was words we used to say or use or I used to hear. And at the time it wasn't necessarily, you know, Coined an offensive term, but now we we know they are offensive. And, uh, I think things have just changed. Times have changed. So I say all that to say, uh, if you're a head basketball coach at a you know university like West Virginia, there's no excuse. You ought to know better, right? I mean, even if times have changed, you, you've got to know better. You got to do better. And hopefully that million dollars teaches them a lesson.
2: <laughs> Joe Gaither back at our flagship studio, tied 100.9. What, what are your thoughts on Huggins keeping his job?
6: Oh well, I, I, I think Christian outlined a lot of it, where that uh, the conservative nature of West Virginia um, maybe doesn't see this as high of a, as high of a crime as maybe somewhere uh, as a state that has a little bit less of a conservative nature. I mean, it's look, it's a, it, it's an inappropriate phrase to use in public. It's an inappropriate phrase to use, anyways. Um, I kind of think that Bob Huggins got a little sucked into, oh, I used to be their rival as Xavier, and we used to say yeah. these nasty things behind closed doors. Uh, cause I say nasty, I, I, right. I, I'm not, I'm ashamed to admit it. I've said nasty things about my rivals before. Um,
5: I, I also just think that, that <laughs> I his. I don't think you're the first, Joe. I don't think you're the first. It's okay,
1: man. Um.
6: It's just, I, he's been there so long. He's been in basketball so long. If they fired him, would that be the right move? I, I, I think you'd have a lot of people that, that I think you have a lot of people that would agree with firing him, but you'd have a large outcry of being like, "This is you're too sensitive, you're too sensitive. Don't fire him over over some nasty words."
5: Yeah, well, I'll add real quick though, and and I know he's a coach, um, and I'm sure people know this, but I'm telling you from an athlete's perspective, there is such thing as locker room talk, and I'm not saying it's right yeah. or wrong, but it's a fact. And some, of, I guarantee you, some of your favorite players who have the best smiles in the media—they uh, do all this community work and charity work—they're just as guilty as taking part in that locker room talk, yeah, right? Like, because again, that's just again—I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but in the locker room, you know, it's—it's it's not uncommon for people to you know speak a certain way, or you kind of hear some profanity, right? Um, and so, to me. A guy like this, I know how coaches speak, right? You know, co- coaches are you know not afraid to use profanity or use certain slang or terms, right? Especially old school guys. I kind of took it as he was in the, the mindset of talking about a rival like Joe was just stating, and he kind of was going off of that old school locker room talk um, that he probably was used to. The problem was you're on public radio, like Joe said. I mean, right is right, wrong is wrong. You probably shouldn't do it regardless, but. I'm just very honest and transparent, right? I guarantee you, again, some of your favorite athletes and coaches, we all praise and think can do no harm, partake in that as well. And it's just, I'm not saying it's okay because it's part of sports culture, but the fact of the matter is it has been for a while. And I'm sure it probably needs to change and get cleaned up a little bit, but that's just the truth of it. You know, sometimes there is some inappropriate language that you hear. Just like, I'm sure it's like that in the workplace sometimes. Lars, I wouldn't be surprised if you were working uh, for a news source or or whatnot and, uh, Y'all might have y'all's version of Locker Room Talker. I don't, oh, yeah. know, what you, <laughs> I don't yeah. know what you would call it, but yeah, you know what I mean. Like, that's a joke thing. It, like,
2: uh, yeah, just when, you, like, <laughs> when, when you're hanging out with the guys, right, and you're right. just uh, uh, having a bull session or whatever, however you want to call it. Uh, that's right. Yeah, you, you know – I, w- I was going to ask you about that. It's, it's almost like he forgot he wasn't in the locker room.
6: Exactly. Right.
2: And, and he just got a little kind of sloppy, not a little, a lot sloppy with his language. And, and I, let me guys ask you this, or let me ask you guys this. Let's say he had written an editorial that, that ran on, I don't know, westvirginia.com, whatever. And he used that same phrase, but he had written it rather than said it. Would that change your perspective on whether or not he should be fired?
5: I don't know if I would say it would change my perspective on the outcome of, of of his punishment or what, but I would say I do feel that it would it would feel a little worse. I would say if it was written. I don't know exactly why I feel that way, but just off the top of my head, I just feel like. If you're writing it, I guess you're taking more time yeah, you're writing something. You're really thinking like, about it, you're and it's, it's about more it. purposeful. You're, you're, exactly. It's it's really – you know what I mean? Because you have time to revise things. You have time – at least I know when I used to write, and I haven't written a paper in a while, thank God. <laughs> but I would revise it and read it over and over and look for you know, like grammatical errors. Or, or it, I would, You know what I mean? I, I just would go over it and try to make it sound the best. So, yeah, I think it would definitely probably – Uh, warrant a a steeper penalty if if it's written because again when you're on radio and sometimes i don't know maybe he was too comfortable with the host maybe like you just said maybe he forgot that he was on public radio and just was treating it like a a, you know behind the scenes conversation or sometimes you're a little nervous and you're just kind of rambling i don't know but yeah lars i would think it being written would would probably feel a little a little worse what do you think joe
6: Oh, hundred percent. Because of everything you just said, you can think about what you're writing, and uh, before you hit submit, and then uh, uh, secondarily, Lars, if he just hit submit, somebody should would have seen it and said, "Hey, you can't put this out here. You're going to get in trouble." <laughs> yeah,
2: it would have been flagged. <laughs> but but, but think
6: but think about this, large the the word on the page, the words that he used. When you see that word on the page. It is a, it's an ugly word just as far as aesthetically. Uh, I, so so like if I write Catholic F's on, on a page, I'm gonna say that's a, that word looks nasty, looks gross, looks it doesn't look like it fits on a page. So uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think the punishment would have been far worse if it if it, if it if it had been written. You
2: think if he was the head coach of Notre Dame, he would have gotten fired? Ah,
5: yes. <laughs> I don't think they would have had a choice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say the only time I've been sued is because of something I said, it not was something I wrote. Because I, I am much you are you just are it's just the nature of it. You're, you're more careful with what you write and then sometimes you can get a little loose with your mouth. Um, but I will say that the lawsuit was tossed by the judge <laughs> and uh, in the. In, in district court in Manhattan but it was kind of scary. I sued for a million dollars for what uh, a comment that I had made in a Showtime documentary. What did you uh, say? I basically, I basically it was a documentary that I, I co-wrote with uh, Armtan and it was on Lawrence Phillips former NFL uh, running back uh, former Nebraska player who I'd gotten to know for a, gotten to know very well and um Lawrence had as a kid he we, we tried to explain his his horrible behavior he had a predilection to a, a, a violence against women uh and we were trying to understand like what what caused this in Lawrence and we really examined his childhood and um and the thing is like the line was even fed to me by a producer that's what really got me mad but um I was asked on camera, uh, hey, did 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 Lawrence ever, um, did you, in all your reporting, did you ever see a childhood photo of Lawrence? And so I said, you know, in all my reporting, i would never seen a childhood photo of Lawrence. And then the producer was like, well, what did that mean to you? I said, well, it meant one thing. It meant that he wasn't loved as a child. Well, as you can imagine, his mother didn't think that that was a very nice thing to say about her, and, um, she let it be known in a lawsuit. So, um, uh, I probably shouldn't talk about it anymore, actually. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, hey, we, get,
5: we get the point. <laughs> Don't get in
2: trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Yes, it was It was a, a little bit scary. All right, on that note, uh, we will be right back.
1: You're listening to Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like good zoo on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports.
2: Haley, on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's
7: 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. Fine. Reagan, owner of RR Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 27036th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to RR and and see where we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around in our cigar selection is legendary our lounge and service are world-class come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination
4: where will you be on
2: Big news for sports. As a reminder, we are brought to you by Haley Sansing of Union Home Mortgage. She is the miracle mortgage miracle worker and just a terrific person. Um, Christian, in in the first segment, I uh, talked about uh, the transfer quarterback from Michigan State, Peyton Thorne, going to Auburn. I don't know if you had a chance to uh discuss this on Friday when uh the, the news broke um, uh, because I was I was I was I was I was off that day but um just wondering if you had any thoughts on on Thorne coming and and what it could mean I don't know if you've had a chance to really even even look at him uh, because I love Big Ten football because of where I'm from. I, I've, I've watched Peyton Thorne quite a bit. Two-year starter at Michigan State. Uh, has started, started 35 total games. Uh, you know, completed uh, 61% of his passes, thrown for nearly 6,000 yards, led the Spartans to the uh, Rose Bowl in 2021 and a Rose Bowl win. I mean, this kid is good. He is good. I I would argue that he probably was the best quarterback in the transfer portal. Um, uh, Alabama fans may disagree with that. <laughs> but but um, did, I, just wondering if you had any thoughts on Peyton or if you've uh, had a chance to see him play.
5: So I, I uh, talked about it with Matt, and um, I, I haven't watched him personally. Um, but we basically just discussed um, – how at the quarterback position you want a guy that's experienced if you can get one a guy that's proven um at least when, regarding getting one out of the portal um I think it just makes a lot of sense I think he fits you Freeze and what they're trying to do at Auburn and uh, I think he gives them an upgrade but I also said I, I'm a big fan of, of Robbie Ashford uh just in terms of man his athleticism and his ability and his potential I know he's not the most consistent thrower, but just watching him play Alabama last year, I was impressed with him. He made some nice throws. He had a nice like uh, basically like a back shoulder throw in the corner of the end zone um, that a lot of people are saying might have been his best throw of the year, but really, man, just this ability to, to make plays with his legs, I mean, this, this guy is fast. And I think if he could just keep getting uh, some more reps, I think he could definitely uh, be a weapon for them at quarterback, but uh, clearly he didn't do enough convincing in the spring because um, they felt the need to go get a guy out of the portal. Um, but, I, but I agree, Lars. I think this guy uh, definitely will help Auburn out. Uh, I think that's why they went and got him. And uh, uh, I'll be curious to see how he fits in their system and then how he develops under Hugh Freeze. But knowing Hugh Freeze and his ability to develop quarterbacks, um, I have no doubt um, that it should you know probably be a good fit, uh, talking about a guy who, again, um, has played a lot of football, um, has won some football games and put some pretty decent numbers up. So, um, obviously I'm, you know, not rooting for Auburn, but I will be curious to kind of see how they come together under Hugh Freeze and some of these new faces that they've been able to acquire. Um, cause they've been really active in the portal and, uh, rightfully so. I mean, you got a new, new regime going on there. So it's expected to get new players. Um, so yeah, that's definitely going to be something to watch out for.
2: Have you seen, um, either at Alabama or in the NFL, a, a, a quarterback come in and, you know, doesn't know anybody, right? And uh, and yet it's almost like you have to be a leader because because of the nature of the position. And I ask this because uh, Peyton Thorne is a, a two-year captain at Michigan State, um, which also kind of makes you wonder what the heck's going on at Michigan State if your captain is transferring. But that's a whole other issue. Um, you know, SEC, like, man,
5: they want to play against the best. They, they want to <laughs> yeah. play in the big boy conference. That's, I, true. I mean, that's true. I'm kidding. I'll but, just, I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. That's, the, that's a good point. I don't know. I mean, I think did, did, a, did a younger guy come in and then was, you know, giving them a, a, a fight for the job? I don't know. That is, that is a good question. Why would it?
7: Yeah. In, um, a, a
5: valuable starter transfer. I'm, but I'm sure there's probably some answers out there.
2: I'm just wondering – if you've seen how a quarterback kind of wins over the team, I mean, is it, and we, we've talked about this a little bit uh when, especially when, with the given the, the era of the transfer portal where a player will come in a quarterback and it's almost like he's expected to start. And because of the nature of the position, you're supposed to be a leader, the leader of the team or the leader of the offense. But, you know, you don't have any relationships formed uh, with uh, with any of the players, most likely, or maybe a few uh, that they've met at right. camps throughout the years. Like, I forget if you were on the team when Jalen uh, was a freshman, or just it, just your thoughts on on how how you think Tyler or uh, Peyton would go about doing that.
5: Uh, I mean, really, just like anything else. I mean, it's so different than uh, and, uh, a rider being hired at, at a news source and, and him having to get familiar with people and, um, you know, just getting to know them, getting familiar with everybody. It's, it's really no different, Lars. Um, you know, you get in the you get in the locker room, you get familiar with your guys uh, as a quarterback. Uh, one of the first things I feel like every quarterback does is gets together with his receivers. They go out on the, on the field or – indoor and they, they throw together i feel like there's a lot of camaraderie and and uh, chemistry form from just throwing even if it's not full speed it's just you just tossing the ball around i feel like that's one of the first things i mean look you i don't know if you've heard this but anthony richardson and uh his uh fellow draft uh uh drafted receiver out of his class um uh, you know they met up in the parking lot of the team hotel uh the night before rookie minicamp and were throwing the ball around oh, awesome. uh, i think it's yeah, and that's been, you know, blasted all over social media. Um, just talking about how much those guys just love ball and are excited to get to work. Um, and I think that's no different for for, for these guys. I mean, because, again, I feel like that's pretty standard. If Anytime there's a new quarterback in the mix, they always want to get with their receivers as soon as possible. So you got that taking place. Um, and uh, little things like I, you know, I, I talk about, um, even outside of, of, of ball or, or the locker room, you know, going out to eat uh shoot even just hanging out with each other playing video games like i said it's really just getting familiar with one another and uh in terms of winning guys over winning the team over you know it really boils down to uh, you just got to earn their respect and you know you got to do it in several ways um but one of the, the the easiest ways to earn somebody's respect is go put it on on tape go put it out on the field right you know um, I think about whenever we had new additions, whether it be a quarterback or receiver, one of the quickest ways to, to kind of get people to buy into you is to go make plays. Because what's that going to do? These people are going to say, well, damn, this guy can help us win. I like this guy. Dang, he throws a nice ball. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like this guy. Like, I, that, that's kind of what I think of. But then you take it a step further. Once they see you can make plays, um, you just go out there and show that you know you can be trusted, uh, you're somebody that you want to go to battle with because, you know, you know, at least me and a lot of other guys I played with, we always viewed it as, you know, going to war, going to battle, at least on the defensive side of the football. And so the more guys around you that you can trust, we used to call, it. you know, uh, you know, who who would you want in your foxhole? You know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term foxhole, um, but you have to have the most trusted people around you because they're guarding your six. So it's, it's kind of one of those things where we used to just look for guys that were trustworthy, some dogs um i think of a quarterback like jake coker um just because you're asking about the quarterback position when he first got there um you know and and everybody knows about jake man just really really modest really reserved you know he's not gonna say too much just kind of keeps to himself uh loves ball but loves to just go hunting and fishing and that's him and um uh, i know he just kind of won everybody over when he stepped up really was uh in twenty fifteen we put him in the game. You know, we knew he had a rocket for an arm, a real just cool laid back dude. Um, but really just I think what really the moment that everybody really was bought in was just seeing his toughness. Right? I remember him, uh it might have been Mississippi State. He st- he takes off scrambling, he tucks the football and he trucks and completely runs the D B over and just and he gets up and we just saw, you know, just some some emotion come out of him. Like I said, normally he's, you know, laid back dude just calm, cool, collected, but we saw him kind of getting hyped after he just trucked somebody, and we said, oh, hell, yeah, we, you know, we like this dude. Um, so little things like that, man. I mean, I think all those little things added together uh, get guys bought into to you and the, it's got, get your teammates to believe in you and uh, want to ride for you. So yeah, that, that's what I would say. First and foremost, get together with your receivers, form some chemistry, be a leader on and off the field, you know, get together with your guys, Uh, go do things together form that chemistry form that bond that camaraderie and then when it's time to go to work go to work and uh show these guys that you can be trusted that you can uh be relied upon and that uh you know it means something to you and that you're one of them and i think everybody will embrace you
2: yeah um just going back a second uh yeah foxhole um my dad always told me and this is a a well-known phrase. There are no atheists in a foxhole uh, as <laughs> the, the bolts are flying and suddenly a lot of people find religion. Um, but uh, on the other side, I want to uh, get uh, your opinion, Joe, on uh, on Peyton Thorne to mm-hmm. Auburn and also talk about uh, a player who you discussed on your show earlier, uh, Joe, uh, who just uh, is is coming to Alabama. And we'll do that on the other side. This is Big Noon Sports.
1: From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports.
3: Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. You've probably seen their clothing around town
8: on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoop's apparel, clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athletes or fanatic. They've got Peter Mullar Yuri Grayson, and Miz Main. And if you haven't tried the, Miz the Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the strip. Also, they've got a great e commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel, redefined.
0: Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon. A few spots could see a shower or storm through the evening hours. The high today 87, tonight's low 66. Or tomorrow and Friday, cloudy at times with scattered showers and thunderstorms both days. Highs between 82 and 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 74 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
2: Welcome back in to Big Sports. Lars Anderson, Christian Miller, and Joe Gaither Joe, I wanted to go to you, and, uh, I know on your show that, uh, comes on right before us on Tide 100.9, that you talked about Trey Amos, uh, a cornerback that, uh, that Alabama just added as a transfer from Louisiana. What, what can you tell us about Trey?
6: Oh, well, he's a six foot one corner, 197 pounds, so he's got all the physical traits, uh, to be, to be a great, uh, an elite corner. He played for three years at Louisiana, and I think that coach just wants to, and Christian can probably speak on this, I think coach wants to beef up the defensive back room after seeing, what, three guys, two guys before A-Day, Jaquez Robinson and uh, Traquan Fagans both transferred out of uh, that room. So so I think he wanted to, one, bolster the numbers, but two, uh, light a little fire under Terry Arnold's uh, behind. I think Terrian had a great spring, and A-Day really both Terrian and Kula, it looked it looked really strong in my opinion, but... Uh, uh, but you know, there's question marks around Terry Arnold. He's still he's still a young player. He only played cornerback for one year. So you bring a guy in like Trey Amos, who uh, if if, if uh, Arnold is a little shaky over the summer or, in the, or heading into the fall, Trey Amos gives you a, g- give, gives you a guy that you can rely on the, that has a lot of college experience. That I think that uh, Coach Saban can have some confidence in
2: christian, uh d- do you know much about trey Amos or just uh, just your thoughts on the on the uh, on the defensive back uh, defensive backfield room at Alabama right now?
5: Yeah, I agree hundred percent with Joe, right I mean uh, the secondary to me was one of the most impressive groups during a day. Um, I was very pleased with what I saw, and uh, I think Joe spot on right I mean you bring this guy in with a lot of experience, talented player. Um, probably can play all over in the secondary for you. Um, but obviously, Kool Aid McKenstry uh, is going to have that cornerback one position locked down. And Terry on Arnold, who who has definitely been performing well, um, it was a little inconsistent the year prior. So, nothing wrong with bringing in another guy to kind of uh, add some competition, right? Again, they don't bring guys in unless they feel that like they can't contribute. Um, so, I see him uh, maybe competing with Terry on. And, and again, like Joe said, if he doesn't. Necessarily went over that spot. I mean, you got to think nowadays, um, you know, you're playing so much, uh, so many pass heavy offenses. You're playing with a lot of five and six de- defensive back sets and personnels on defense. So, um, you know, you got Malachi Moore who typically has been playing that star position, but they've also been working him back at safety. Um, so you bring bringing in Amos. He could potentially play at star position. And if you need to move Malachi to safety, I think it just adds a lot of versatility, but also some really good quality depth. Um, to a, a very solid unit already. Um, not to mention the young guys that you got in, in Caleb Downs. Um, that, is, that is definitely going to be um, a star. Uh, we saw that this spring. Very excited about him and his potential. Already looks like he's been on campus for two, three years, not just physically but mentally. The way he plays the game, so instinctive. Just plays at a very high level, very high football IQ, guy that, that eats, sleeps, and breathes football. So um, you're at an Amos to mix. I think it uh, just helps bolster that secondary unit. I think it's a huge pickup, and I think they also are in the mix um, with the UAB transfer, um, who also is a defensive back. I believe. I think he might be more of a safety. Um, so I think they're 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 sitting on that one and seeing what happens with that.
2: Christian, does uh, and I know we're running short on time here. Does Kool Aid have the potential to be like a Marlon Humphrey type of, of talent? Or is I mean, and that's setting the bar really high. I mean, Marlon Humphrey may be the best corner in the NFL. Uh, is is Kool Aid's ceiling that high?
5: I, I think so. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's an absolutely who's, a, who's an absolute stud at the cornerback position. He can play on an island. He exudes confidence, which is you know mandatory as a cornerback. Uh, yeah, I think you've seen that guy come off the board. as, Potentially the top cornerback in next year's NFL draft, a guy that has no problem in uh, man coverage, um, can play the zone. Um, again, another guy with very high football IQ um, and attracts turnovers as a ball hawk, and he's a great returner. So, yeah, I, I think he's up there, Lars, as being one of the top cornerbacks in next year's draft.
8: Yeah,
2: he's going to be fun to watch this upcoming year. All right, that's hour one in the books of Big Noon Sports. We'll be right back for hour two.
4: Did you know not washing your hands after
0: using the bathroom can increase the spread of hepatitis A? Washing your hands with soap and water, as well as getting vaccinated, is the best way to protect yourself if you are at risk of getting hepatitis A. One dose of the hepatitis A vaccine provides long-lasting protection in up to 95% of those who receive it. For more information on the hepatitis A outbreak in our state, visit alabamapublichealth.gov forward slash IMM. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Public Health, the ABA, and this station.
8: You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. Luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoop's apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athletes' your fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Fiore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley. Luxury
0: game day apparel redefined. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imagined and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA. An equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by the station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association.
7: Hey, this is Reagan, owner of r and Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 27036th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and ex- Experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination.
4: The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Goodfeet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part? It's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com.
0: WTUG HD2 Northport and w 265 cg Tuscaloosa Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app
1: Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson Matt Coulter and Christian Miller
2: And hour two of Big Noon Sports, Lars Anderson, Christian Miller, and Joe Gaither. Joe, um, I'm leaning on you pretty hard today. I, I hope that's cool because you're uh, you're, uh, you're you're a wealth of knowledge, and uh, we need to tap that more often. Um, I, I'm curious. I, I know you. We uh, we spoke before. And you said that uh, you kind of, you, you spoke a little bit on your show about Alabama softball, um, and how Alabama is the number five seed in the SEC tournament, and tournament play begins today. Can, can you preview Alabama for us a little bit, or just, or, or, or and this is kind of a tough question. Uh, and, and just kind of give us a a big picture overview of where the Crimson Tide softball team stands.
6: Well, our girls are playing today at, at four o'clock central, and we're playing. We're taking on Missouri. Missouri beat Mississippi State yesterday. Uh, beat Mississippi State yesterday to to knock them out. So they kind of kicked off the tournament yesterday at the twelve. Uh, the 12-13 matchup. So Alabama's gonna take on Missouri and really the tide should take care of business today. Should win, um, rather handily. Swept Missouri, th- swept Missouri in the regular season, so you should win. The problem is when you get to the next round. Alabama, if they, if and when they win, is gonna be taking on, uh, Arkansas, who is hosting the tournament. And Arkansas has been kind of a, a pain in the neck for Alabama. I believe Alabama, uh, I think they won the series two to one, but it was earlier in the, earlier in the year. The Tide's thirty seven and eighteen this year, Lars. It's the most losses the ladies have suffered in the regular season since twenty eighteen. So it's been an underwhelming year, which is kind of hard to swallow with uh, the prowess that is Montana Fouts. She's undoubtedly the, the the most talented pitcher in college college softball. There's just not a whole lot of consistency behind her. The the pitchers are good, Lauren Essman, Jayla Torrance. Uh, they they have talent. Talent, but they're not, they haven't been as uh, as Consistent as you'd like them to be And then of course The the complaints about the Alabama Bats Have still been uh, pretty relevant this year Last year they started to get, get a little louder uh, Alabama struggling at the plate After graduating Bailey Hemphill But the last two years Hasn't been as fun at the plate, so really have, has an uphill climb today, or uh, has an up not today, but for the weekend They're, they they should beat Missouri today, and then you play Arkansas on Thursday, and if you beat Arkansas, you get the winner of Tennessee and likely Kentucky. Tennessee entering as the number one seed of the tournament, so it's a really tough road to get to the finals. Uh, for for our girls, the hope is to go two and one, beat Arkansas. I mean, really, the hope is to win it, win it, win, win the whole dang thing. But let's be realistic. I think two and one would be a good. Look weekend, and moving into the regionals, they'll, they'll, they'll will, uh, they're will they'll right now on the right side of that hosting regional bubble, but it is still, this weekend's huge in college softball because all the conference tournaments are going on, so they'll determine who hosts the regionals at the end of the week.
2: So, forgive my ignorance, but are they're already in, basically, uh, the, the regional, already in the sort of NCA tournament. Will they make it, or do they yes. need to win a game or two.
6: Yes, I would say they're, they're, they're firmly in the NCAA tournament field. Uh, winning will help them host the, the regional, which I think uh, the top 16 teams I believe the top 16 teams host regional sites. And then from there, the top eight teams host super regional sites. I think I uh, may have that those numbers just a little bit off and then they make it to, uh, to the college world series. I feel like our girls are securely in the regional round. Uh, winning this weekend will, 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 will go a long way to hosting a regional round, which we've done many, many years consecutively. We like to keep that streak going. Christian,
7: I, I
2: just. I love women's softball. Uh, it, it, I, it, it's so, um, I think it's even more enjoyable to watch than like, like Major League Baseball. The pitch clock has helped Major League Baseball big time, but for me, it was just too slow. Um, but it, it, women's softball, college softball, it's fast paced. It's exciting. Um, you know, the, the crowds are so spirited. The players are spirited. And then you get a player like Montana Fouts, who is just a, a generational player. I, I really hope she's cast in on NIL. I, I'm quite sure she's done well, uh, cause she deserves it. Um, just, uh, have you been to many games or do you enjoy it the way I do?
5: I've been to a couple of large, uh, not too many, um, but when I've gone, I've really enjoyed it. I do think uh, it does seem like the pace of play is quicker. and um, it, is, it is very entertaining, um, especially when you have a team um, that's been as successful as we've had here in Tuscaloosa. So I do enjoy um, watching it when I do. Um, definitely don't watch uh, enough. I probably need to watch some more, but I'm going to tune into today uh, to, to today's game and, and check them out. Uh, but I, I am really curious is just kind of what the program is going to be like when Montana Fouts is gone, because I feel like that's kind of all we've gotten to to know over the past several years. And we've kind of been spoiled um, with her prowess and just uh, how talented she is. Um, so I was, Joe, I'm, I'm sure this is a tough question, but do you, do you keep up at all, if any, with some of the, recruiting maybe for women's softball um and obviously maybe not extensively but is, is there is there anybody coming in or any young uh women on the team that that you feel like could be so, uh, like a name or somebody to look out for to watch or who could kind of step up as that next great player once Montana's gone. Absolutely, Christian. And she's already on
6: campus. She was supposed to be a senior in high school this year, but young Kinley Kahalen is a uh, Trustville native right, right on the north side of Birmingham. She should be a senior at uh, uh, Hewitt Trustville High School. She reclassified early and she, and she might be one of the uh, top three players on the team right now at 17 years old. She's incredible, uh, just the way that she's come, wow. come right in i i kind of have an unpopular opinion about the senior class w- 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 that's currently I- with the softball team i wonder if christian and you can maybe to touch on this if this is re- really a thing or if it's just ignorant fan talk i wonder if you know you've had montana you've had ellie shipman you've had uh, ashley prangy you've had jenna johnson you've had this this group of seniors uh really for f- now four or five years And I wonder if it's almost going to be better for the program to see them move on and kind of get fresh a a fresh start because over the last couple of years, the success has not been as successful. not been bad, no, not been bad, but not been as tip-top successful. So I wonder if graduating a a core group of seniors can really hit the reset button on a program.
5: That's a great point, Joe. And I I say that because I actually was thinking the other day. Um, and I can't remember what made me think of it, but I just realized, I'm like, that COVID year, man, is really kind of just threw a wrench and in, in kind of these teams, no matter the sport, because you have so many leftover student athletes um who had the COVID year, but then they also had a regular registered year. They might've had an injury shirt year. And I just was thinking, I'm like, man, I feel like we've got some people that have just been in these programs so long and I just hear it just been all over. I'm like, it's like it's really just, uh, screwing up kind of the dynamic of you know kids coming in you know they're not able to really play as soon as they normally would because you've got a 6 year senior sitting there in front of you and I was so thinking I was like man I I almost I almost can't wait till it kind of just reverts back to your your, your standard you know 4 year letterman or you know 4 years or maybe 5 if you redshirt or or 3 if you leave early um because I, it, it's so confusing and I feel like it kind of throws off the dynamic when you have people that have received six total years it's just kind of like too much um uh, but to answer your question i, I, I think that's a, a very valid point uh sometimes you need some 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 new faces some some like a fresh start so to speak um kind of just to give like you know a, a fresh breath of air right in, into your team into your into your your, your little group there and and i think that could benefit some you know just like we see it um in, in any type of really sport or league right you'll have a team I mean, look at Milwaukee, right? Their head coach coached them to, I think, like the number one record maybe in the league. Um, won a championship a couple years ago and then he just got fired, right? Which is absurd to me, but sometimes they feel like they just need a fresh start, clean slate, start, start new with some new faces. So I can see that playing a role here with softball. Uh, as you just mentioned, Joe, uh, cause we see it in other sports all the time. Sometimes you just kind of just got to, you need a clean slate, start fresh and kind of get some, Some fresh new energy in there, and I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of a weird dynamic with sports, right? Whether you call it uh, momentum or or energy or or whatever you call it, Um, it just does seem like sometimes things can just get stagnant for whatever reason. Even if you have really good players, things can kind of just get a little—you know—it just seems like you're not really moving the needle. And then sometimes it takes changing one guy or girl in in, the lineup and get a—you know—first start. We see coaches make those decisions all the time. Uh, we saw it in the SEC championship game uh, or the national championship game when, when Coach Saban swapped quarterbacks, um, put in a quarterback who was a little bit different than that Georgia defense was used to facing. And we saw that spark that it provided. But, so yeah, I think sometimes new faces uh, can give you a fresh start or, or, or a new spark, so to speak, give you some more some more momentum. Joe, before we go to break, how much can Alabama
2: just sort of ride Montana fouts? Uh, I know that, that softball pitchers can pitch back-to-back days, right? I and mean, I'm sure it's not ideal. But, I mean, how much can Montana go, right? Like, if, if like, could she single-handedly almost get
6: Alabama through a few games? I, I, yes, she's absolutely a complete game pitcher, Lars. The, the issue... In my opinion, is when you get to playing the same team twice, you're gonna see you're gonna see this in postseason play a little bit when you get into the regionals and super regionals. She's a great pitcher, but they they, they want to change uh, change up the look so the bat, so the batters aren't getting used to seeing her rise ball, seeing her her, her drop ball, seeing what her moves are. And once you get through a lineup three or four times. You know, I mean, it's, it's just less effective. It doesn't matter if you're Scherzer or, or Nolan Ryan or anyone. If you see the same pitcher a, a, a bunch of times, so so you need that second or third pitcher. The problem is you're not getting the same, you're not getting the same zip on your ball. You're not getting the same location. You're not getting the same you're fooling fooling the batters with that second and third pitcher. Uh, it happens. Some Jayla Torrance has got a lot of heat. She's got a lot of heat, and I think Esmond has a lot of control. but but, but really it's not always there every single pitch. So can they ride Montana? She's absolutely capable of pitching her dang arm off uh, for, for the rest of the year. Uh, but, but but I think that her continuing to pitch when you're playing, you're going to end up playing Oklahoma or UCLA or some of, the, some of these bigger teams in these regionals, they got elite batters, and they see Montana a couple of times, they're going to start picking up on her no matter how good she is. So I think that's where you want that depth from the circle ah good point um i hadn't thought of it that way
2: um all right when we come back we're going to discuss a story that uh that joe um brought up in his show and it is one of the wilder stories i've ever heard frankly it has to do with hiccups
1: and bo jackson we will be right back Covering SCC sports like Kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports.
2: Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker,
7: A D.C. 100.9
0: Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon. A few spots could see a shower or storm through the evening hours. The high today, 87. Tonight's low, 66. Or tomorrow and Friday, cloudy at times with scattered showers and thunderstorms both days. Highs between 82 and 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
7: Back
2: in to big news sports. Now this is a story that uh, one of which I've never heard the likes of, and uh, involves Bo Jackson and hiccups. Uh, Joe, do we have the audio of uh, of uh, Bo appearing on uh, on a radio station on McElroy? And I'm C- looking C- for C- it. I don't
6: quite have it quite yet.
2: Okay um all right so we'll' we'll hold off on that for one second um I will say this that uh <laughs> I looked this up one time uh okay the 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 world record for uh the case of the longest hiccups is what what, what would your guess be christian
5: uh couple of years Sixty-eight years. <laughs> 68,
2: Sixty-eight years? Sixty-eight years, yes. Uh, Charles Osborne, uh, back in uh, uh, 1922, um, he got the hiccups. Uh, he was from Iowa. And then suddenly, in 1990, <laughs> they subsided. <laughs> and it's really not that funny, i mean it it, it seems like it would just be
5: a, I was going to say it sounds miserable,
2: yeah, it really, i wish
5: i mean do we have like a physiological explanation of, of hiccups or does anybody know i mean uh, i guess I'm a kinesiology major, maybe I could know something about that, but I wasn't pre-med i i'm 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 just curious so what what exactly i guess i could use so, google <laughs> so
2: back in uh nineteen eighty two this guy uh osborne. Um, he explained his situation um, to People Magazine. And it started with a hog incident (laughs) on a farm near Union, Nebraska. Of course, everything always starts in Nebraska. He said that he was hanging a 350 pound hog for butchering. He picked it up and then he fell down and, and he felt nothing But the doctor later said that he had busted a a blood vessel the size of a pin in his brain. And uh, the doctor, his name was Terrence Anthony, he theorized that Osborne's fall destroyed a small area in the brainstem that inhibits the hiccup response. Um and so on average this poor guy Osborne experienced twenty to forty involuntary uh, diaphragm spasms per minute. In total he estimate he in total he hiccuped an estimated four hundred and thirty million times and he traveled the world looking for a cure. He, you know, he went to the, the Mayo Clinic um, uh, and at the Mayo Clinic uh, there in Rochester, Minnesota, uh, they placed him on carbon monoxide and oxygen, but that treatment, uh, it, it didn't work because it, you can't so safely breathe carbon monoxide, it's a poisonous gas, um, so he just, uh, uh, he couldn't couldn't get rid of the hiccups and then one day boom they're gone uh and so this brings us to bo jackson let's hear what bo had to say about his hiccups
1: probably seen pictures of something happening how cool is it for you to see frank get his statue outside the stadium i wasn't there because of dealing with hiccups i have I've had the hiccup since last July, and I'm getting the medical procedure done the end of this week, I think, to try to remedy it. But I'm busy at the hospital sitting up with doctors poking me and shining lights down my throat and you probing me every way they can to uh, find out why I got these hiccups. So that's the only reason that I wasn't there. Have we figured it out? Hell no. Mm-hmm. i have done everything it scare me drink water upside down smell the ass of a porcupine <laughs> it doesn't work <laughs> <laughs>
5: well he didn't he didn't hiccup in the interview i was surprised i thought we were going to hear one or two not being funny i'm serious I, yeah i'm surprised he didn't but man that uh, uh that's just
2: I've never heard of uh smell the bottom of a porcupine as a remedy for hiccups uh the the one that I've always used that my mom taught me when I was a kid, and that is to uh uh Hold drink water out of the like uh out of the back of the glass right and and that oh. works for me every single time. it's like you it's like you put the, the your chin on the back of the glass of water and you dip down, and you're inevitably going to uh, spill a little bit. But for whatever reason, that always cures the hiccups for me. Um, Christian, do you have a, 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 a go-to hiccup cure?
5: I don't. I, I honestly don't. I, I've always heard of random stuff like hold your breath for a little bit or something, but that never worked. Um, so I don't. I just kind of ride it out. <laughs> But I guess yeah. I should try the the. So I, you'll have to explain that a little bit more uh, after the show, or so I'll, I'll have to look that one up. You said <laughs> you you drink out the back of the glass.
2: Yeah. So you, you you pour a glass of water, and let's say you put your chin like in the middle of the glass, and you lean forward, and then uh, you drink as much water as you can. And then again, you, you're going to spill, so you uh, do, preferably you want to do it over a sink, and that is always for whatever reason it has always worked 100% of the time for me of uh, getting rid of the hiccups. I, I have heard of, of scaring, you know, of, of of having someone scare you, but the thing is, when you know you're about to be scared, you don't really get that scared. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But I've never heard of hanging upside down. Uh, I've never heard of uh, smelling the bottom of a porcupine. Uh, uh, Joe, do you have a go-to uh, r- 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 hiccup removal
6: <laughs> uh, scheme? Yeah, well, mine's yeah, the scare, the jump scare. All always. I, I was trying to think like, how's the what's the longest that you've ever had hiccups before? And I know it's an anno- it's an anno- annoying thing, but like a whole year. <laughs> Like every time you try to talk, oh, it'd be nuts! But like, uh, yeah, scary. You gotta wait till somebody's not suspecting it, and then jump scare. Them. Yeah,
2: I mean, just think about how it would affect every aspect of your life. Uh, having a, you know, just from having a an extended conversation, trying to go to bed at night. Um, boy, I, I mean, it just it sounds just miserable just miserable and i i certainly hope bo um gets that uh, gets that remedied because that that really uh I, I i never heard of that of of people uh having hiccups but now that uh i just went over the the, the curious case of uh of this uh, of charles osborne who um gosh he had constant constant hiccupping for Seven, for 68 straight years i mean that that just uh but somehow he was able to father i think eight children so he was <laughs> i don't know uh i don't know where to go with that
5: well i was about to say it, it, it did not disrupt something else so uh, <laughs> right. that's good for him but um i, I know we got to go to break soon but Uh, I kind of wanted to get y'all's take on uh, the Georgia football team declining their invitation to the White House. And now, if I had to guess, I think I would just assume that um, the the scheduling of it, I think that's what they said. Their reason was um, the scheduling wasn't feasible given the student-athlete calendar at that time of year, Um, which which makes sense. But I was kind of curious, though, why is it in June? Or why were they invited uh, to attend in June? Because any time that... We had gone, uh, as in Alabama. It, we were still in school, I believe. I'd have to look back at the, at, like on my, my pictures or, you know, my phone to see exactly when it was. Joe, you're, you're my uh, go-to. Do you recall when those White House trips were? Yeah, um, you guys would always th- go late, fe- uh, you know, at, mid-February or March or so. Yeah. Okay. I was about to say, I'm, I'm looking. Yeah, I was about to say it was spring though, right? It's sometime in spring. It wasn't. It was never in the summer. That wouldn't even make any sense. Yeah, tell
6: the people what you guys would be doing on a
5: random June twelfth. I mean, and the
6: feasibility of getting everybody back to the facility, then flying up to Washington, and flying back, and then it just—it's it, it, just just a lack of an awareness of, of a college athlete's schedule
5: on uh, on 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 behalf of the White House. Well, yeah, so that the the, you're pretty much on a whole new team at that point right because to answer your question june 12th you're doing you're involved in summer workout so and you have summer classes which they let you out of class i mean we were in class in the spring but um yeah you're a part of the the team for the upcoming season at that point so you're going to be missing damn near a quarter of your team because they either graduate or they just were drafted or they're in, you know, they, they were undrafted free agents. They're with the NFL now. Um, so it kind of would be a, a pointless trip, not pointless, but it just, it wouldn't make as much sense, right? Um, to go in June, uh, because again, so many members of your team, uh, would be gone. So I, I don't know why they waited to, for such a late date to invite them to go. But that just wouldn't really make much sense. I I get them declining that. Obviously, you know when you read the headlines, it sounds as if there's some um, political, um, uh, you know, involvement there, but there's not. I think it's truly based on scheduling. But uh, that's unfortunate for the for the guys that probably wanted to go. Because again, I, I know I've talked about it several times on the show, but. Man, uh, talk about a very unique experience, a once in lifetime experience. I know you you know, always go to Washington and visit, but to do it on behalf of uh, an, an official invitation of the president, um, is just really cool because again, they're, they're extending the invite to you. It's set up for you and your teammates to attend. Um, so it is slightly different than you just, you know, going on a personal trip to, to visit, but. Um, plus, I'm sure you, we we probably get a little more access than just your you know typical person visiting. But um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting yeah, though, that they weren't yeah, attending. Christian, but it, it makes some, sense.
2: I'd love to have uh, you do like a kind of uh, a play by play recap of what it's like to visit the White House as a as a national champion. And uh, let's get into that on on the other side. Um, and then I've been to the White House. I've been lucky enough to go to the White House several times. And um, uh, I, my my feeling is that it, it, you do everything in your power if you're Georgia to go to the White House. You don't decline an invitation from the president, whether or not you believe in his politics or not um that's just uh that's just me i mean you know i'm i'm no trumper but if trump wanted me in the white house in 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 10 hours i'd be in the white house in 10 hours right like uh uh that i i just don't i i don't get that i i and i actually do think there's more going on here than uh than simply making this very vague statement about scheduling conflict anyway Let's uh, get into that on the other side and, and hear what Christian's experience was like when he visited uh, the White House um, a few years ago. All right.
1: This is Big Noon Sports. We'll be right back. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports.
3: From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here
7: working hard
4: for you in an effort to provide you with
3: excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education,
4: and excellence in sports injury prevention.
3: We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at AndrewSportsMedicine.com.
5: I don't even think it was Shake His hand. It might have been Shake His hand, but for some reason I think it was a fist bump. Uh but with Trump, I mean we kind of congregated around him and uh, I'm sure security was, you know, sweating and was, you know, very uncomfortable with that. But I mean he was just hanging out, talking, taking pictures. I have a selfie with him. Multiple guys got selfies. J. K. Scott asked him to pray on him pray for him. Uh, which we then did. There's like a video of it and all. I mean, I was like right there. Because uh, I was like right behind J.K. waiting to to talk to him, but then J.K. asked that, then I was like, oh sure, all right, here we go. And so we all prayed together. But it was a very cool experience. And now to think about it, it, probably went ten minutes. I would say probably five, but again, five yeah. minutes with the president just kind of hanging around. Uh, it's a very long time. But yeah, that concludes. So get it back on the plane, head back to Tuscaloosa. But um so many memories and great memories made in such a short period of time. Yeah,
2: it, it, yeah, it's it's a it's a special place, um, and uh, when I've gone there, I also have taken not taken, but uh, well, I guess you would say taken. Yeah, just like little artifacts, right? That just uh, remind you yeah. of that <laughs> you got to be I, careful
5: with that word. You don't yeah. want to make it seem like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I know, no, know uh, what you
2: When uh, I flew on uh, Air Force Two. With uh, Vice President Cheney for a story once, and uh, they gave us like little plastic glasses that have the Air Force uh, Two logo on it. And of course, I asked everybody for theirs. <laughs> I got like six of them. Uh, I Some still more? have like uh, the, the Air Force Two welcome aboard, Lars Anderson, uh, where my seat was. And did you get
5: a tour like the rooms and stuff when you went? And did you when you went? Was it like um,
2: on behalf of like you know your riding? or like were you like? Yeah, um, I was doing a story on on Vice President Cheney and NASCAR. And so what we did is we the, flew from Andrews Air Force Base uh, in Maryland, right, where uh, uh, Air Force One and Air Force Two are kept, and then we went down to Cape Canaveral. We were gonna uh, have just this amazing like view with the vice president of a space shuttle launch. I was So excited, so excited, and unfortunately it was low cloud cover that day, so they had to scrub the launch. Then uh, we get back in uh, Air Force Two and we fly over to Daytona for the uh, July Daytona race and. And uh, I I walked into the driver's room just like literally like right next to um, – right next uh, to the vice president. And Tony Stewart, a driver who I was close with at the time, looks up to me and he's like – you have got to be blanking me <laughs>
8: and,
2: and but i but i earned like immediate respect from every <laughs> single driver in there because like i had like big timed them because i was with the vice president and then we watched uh, the race uh t- uh and i was uh, with uh my own secret service guy uh who was really nice and i he ended up being a sort of a main character in the story just about sort of how you become a Secret Service agent for the Vice President. These were these were bad. These were some bad dudes,
5: Christian. Like they. Oh they, man, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, a they, lot of them are probably like what, like ex-military, like yeah, ex-Seals and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, they literally would they would take a bullet for the Vice President. They they all of them. I mean, I, I just uh, I I just couldn't have been more impressed with the. The, the Secret Service and then uh, we stayed for about half the race and then uh, flew back up to uh, Anders Air Force Base and then uh, I ended up writing a story and I've I've told this this before about three weeks later I get a bill in the mail from the White House so the White House had invited me to go on this trip Well I get a bill for like five thousand five hundred dollars. And that was what they charged me to fly on Air Force Two. I had no idea that the media has to pay for their own ticket, and they charge you the equivalent of a first class ticket. Five hundred dollars.
5: <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that's, so, that's so yeah, my editor is
2: happy about that, uh, but you know, I, I expensed it, of course. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's a, that's my Air Force Two story. Uh, and with that, we're running out of time on this uh, for this uh, segment. But uh, just want to remind everybody that we are brought to you by Haley Sansing of Union Home Mortgage and Christian. Uh, I've uh, been on the road for a while, and you know what? I've brought my arches
5: with me. Oh well, I'm glad because uh, I'm sure they're going to come in handy for all the walking and traveling. that I'm sure you're doing. Um, so again. Anybody out there listening, I highly advise you if you're in any type of pain and it's keeping you from living the life that you want to live, head on over to the Good Feet store at Midtown Village in Tuscaloosa or go to goodfeet.com where you can schedule an appointment. And it's try before your body. You've got nothing to lose. So head on over to Good Feet. Let them take care of you and help eliminate and alleviate that pain. Again, that's Good Feet, improving the quality of people's lives two feet at a time. And with that, we're going to head to break. We'll be right back shortly with the last segment on Big Noon Sports. This is Big Noon
1: Sports with Lars Matt.
3: Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what
0: we thought was imagined and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon. A few spots could see a shower or storm through the evening hours. The high today, 87. Tonight's low, 66. Or tomorrow and Friday, cloudy at times with scattered showers and thunderstorms both days. Highs between 82 and 85. I'm James Spann of the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best Sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9
2: app. I forgot to mention this yesterday, but congratulations to AL.com. They won two more Pulitzer Prizes uh, this year on, and they were awarded on Monday. Uh, They won the 2023 Pulitzer in local reporting for uh, an investigation on the predatory policies, uh, policing, uh, excuse me, policing in Brookside. And, uh, the authors, uh, that were awarded the Pulitzer, which is the, the, the biggest prize you can get in journalism. It's the, uh, it's as big as it gets. Uh, the, the, uh, the reporters on this were John Archibald, Ashley Remkiss, Ramsey Archibald, and Shaylen Stevens. And, uh, John, uh, who is, uh, just a terrific columnist as well. He won a Pulitzer two years ago for his commentary and also uh, winning a Pulitzer for AL.com um, was uh, uh, Kyle Whitmire for a series of pieces that he wrote. And I, I just I, – I hope everybody in our state recognizes just how good AL.com is um and i don't say that because I, I i do i do have a lot of friends who work there but they are just so talented and they are being recognized across the country uh in this time of when local journalism is dying and uh and, and that's why you're seeing more sort of scandals a- across the country because the, the level of accountability that uh, local journalism provides just isn't there in a lot of communities at a time like this ale.com is flourishing and is a place where people from around the nation simply want to work. So I just wanted to recognize AL.com for their great, great work and and also it's pretty cool, Christian. Um I know how tight you are with your dad, but uh John Archibald, his son is Ramsey Archibald, and they became the first father-son duo to ever win a Pulitzer. So they they made uh made history and uh, just very, very uh, proud of them. And uh, and again, I, I think we're lucky to have AL.com, uh, uh to be as talented as as that institution is in, in the state of of Alabama. And Christian, I I know that uh, you you've dealt with reporters uh, for a long time uh did you feel like you were treated fairly for the most part when you were at alabama and then in in the league
5: uh fairly sure uh did i appreciate or like all their questions absolutely not i think sometimes (laughs) they're not the most educated on some things and sometimes they kind of ask some silly questions but um i i think it was pretty fair um but that 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 could that could go down a whole another. <laughs> well, that could be a whole segment right there.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll uh, we'll 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 look into that tomorrow. All right, thank you everyone for listening to uh, Big Noon Sports with Christian Miller, myself, Lars Anderson, and Joe Gaither. We'll see you in 22 hours.
4: Did you know?